evening and welcome to Free Talk Live. Check us out at freetalklive.com. It's the live Christmas Day edition with Stephanie and Julia. Yes, and we're so glad to be here with you. We've got uh, a lot of exciting talk planned for you all tonight. And, you know, most other talk shows wouldn't be caught dead coming into the studio on Christmas Day. They want to relax and have some, maybe some turkey and some ham. And uh, we certainly had that opportunity, but uh, we got it out of the way a little earlier so we could come in and have an entertaining show for you all. Ian is a slave driver. <laughs> I don't think so. He's not able to defend Forcing himself right us now. To- Come in on Christmas. <laughs> do you feel exploited, Julia? Yes, I do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We better find a way to rectify yeah. that. But <laughs> if you'd like to call in, the the uh, number is still the same as the rest of the week. It's 855-450-3733. That's one more time, 855-450-FREE. And of course, uh, as you may know, Free Talk Live is a show where you're welcome to call and bring up whatever's on your mind. So we would love to talk to you about... Maybe your thoughts on Christmas. Uh, it's not often that we have a live show opportunity to discuss that, so only comes once a year. My so. favorite. <laughs> yeah. I love Scrooging on Christmas. I, I'm a fan, too, and I'm <laughs> excited for the show, Julia, because I think we, we're going to do a great job of Scrooging together tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one thing I'd like to hear from the listeners, maybe we could start off by asking this question. It seems to me that Christmas is full of traditions that are just done for tradition's sake. Right. It, one of the biggest ones being um, giving gifts, right? Because so many people like give gifts out of obligation. It's They're not really giving them because it gives them joy to share with other people. They're giving them because they feel like they have to for some reason, right? And so I'd like to hear from the listeners, you know, um, maybe tell us like a, a really ridiculous gift that you received this year or something that just really showed that the person who gave you the gift didn't know you very well. Those are always amusing. I got one. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Lay I got me. two Christmas gifts this year. Both were from work. Yep. Uh, one of them was useful. It was like coupons for five um, dress down days so I can wear jeans to the office five days. That's actually <laughs> useful, right? Cool. Yeah. Great. Um, the other one was um, from my boss, and it's an ornament, uh-huh. and I don't, I don't have a Christmas tree. <laughs> wow. So I regifted. <laughs> I sent it off with somebody else. I was just thinking, Julia. You know, you, you're very um, crafty. You like to like make yes. do-it-yourself things, and I was wondering if you could, if there's any way you could turn the ornament into like a cool piece of jewelry <laughs> or a, a, a something that you Maybe. could wear. I already regifted it though. Yeah, that's so. I see. I have no problem with regifting. No, no problem. Whatsoever. There's no need to let somebody know that you did it. But if there's somebody, I mean, if I kept this ornament, it would literally sit in the box. Mm-hmm. And I would rather it if somebody loves Christmas and it wants to be on their tree, then go for it. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, there are some people out there who love Christmas, but I think we're going to get into this on tonight's show is that a lot of people are kind of saying no to Christmas. Yes. They're kind of changing those traditions that have always just been done for the sake of doing them because that's what we did last year kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And actually, I've just this this is probably completely anecdotal, but I've heard a lot of people say this year that they just are not feeling it. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not into Christmas like they were in years past. And I, I wonder why. I mean, is it the economy? Is it because the Christmas music seems to kind of start earlier and earlier? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, w- I remember before Halloween, actually, there was Christmas aisles being cleared out um, in Walmart. Uh-huh. And for like, really? I mean, before Halloween, can we get through yeah. Halloween before we have to look at Christmas stuff? Yeah. Sometimes it feels like it goes on for almost six months. Yeah. And then, of course, people... 
typically don't they don't want Christmas to be over and so yeah. they don't take down their decorations. It's like right the now. one thing that everyone I shouldn't say everyone, but you know, the average Joe looks forward to all year is Christmas. It's the greatest <laughs> time of year. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, I don't understand it. There's there are even these like theme parks. There's one actually up by where Porcupine Freedom Festival is held in Lancaster, New Hampshire, called something like Santa's Playground or Workshop or something. <laughs> and it's liter- literally exists all year and it's all Christmas themed. And you go there in, in the middle of uh, June for Pork Fest and you see this and it <laughs> looks very strange and out of place. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they, they do enough business, at least around the holidays, to stay open all Who year. Who doesn't love Christmas? Oh, us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's well, just another day to me. Like today is just a Sunday to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not any, it's a Sunday that's a little more annoying than usual because I couldn't go grocery shopping and do all the things that I would normally do on Sunday. That's totally true. Well, you could always do, um, you know, the, the stereotypical, I was raised Jewish and they, I would always hear from my family, well, the stereotypical thing that Jews do on Christmas is go eat some Chinese food yeah. and watch a movie. Because that's the only two things that are open. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't do, I cooked a dinner. I actually went to the store. I braved the stores yesterday, which mm. was annoying because they were really busy and I needed, you know, sure. I needed produce and things like that that you can't really get ahead of time. Mm. And, uh, but, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, Julia, I'm glad that you could be here with me tonight. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming. I love doing We're going to have a fun show. show. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we actually do have some calls on the line. Maybe they want to tell us about their bad presents or about their silly Christmas traditions that they wish would end. Uh, so let's see who this is. We're going to go to this one unscreened. Caller, you're on the line with Free Talk Live. Who's this? Caller, this, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Who's this? This is Matt from Illinois. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to say something about the uh, Salvation Army, which uh, I am now not working for anymore. The bell ringing campaign is, so is done. And then just, I'll just, just for our listeners who are them. not familiar, Matt called in last Sunday, I believe, and was uh, yeah. talking with me and Mark about how he has been working for the Salvation Army as a bell ringer. Mm-hmm. And somehow it came up uh, about something I had heard in the media, uh, some kind of news stories about the Salvation Army having some anti-gay institutional policies, like they basically lobbied the legislature in different countries to keep uh, homosexual acts criminalized. And also they they had collected, you know, signatures and run campaigns against gay marriage in many places in the U.S. and other places around the world. So, um, so Matt, um, tell us what's on your mind about that. Uh, To, to, uh, because, you know, I'm actually out there with the bell and, People are talking to me, and um, uh, actually, I'm just, just just to interject while you guys were talking about. I think that this year I've gotten more into Christmas than I have in years past because I don't have a lot of money, mm. and um, uh, I don't. I'm not able to go out and and do all the shopping and the commercialized things and stuff like that. So I've kind of uh, felt more. Uh, of, a, of a of a connection with my family, uh, my my children, and uh, you know, actually spending the time with them that I could, which is what I think that you know, Christmas really should be about. I, I don't mm. think enough people do that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with uh, you that it seems like most of the reaction to Christmas kind of misses the whole point, which is you know, doing things that make you happy with the people that you like and and choose right. to spend time with. Right? Although. To add right. to that, I would agree that you don't need Christmas as an excuse to get together if you you should do that all the time. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Spend that, time with and do what you like. Spend time with the people you love. I agree. Every that, day. That's true, too. I agree. I agree with that. But I think that at this time of year, you know, because it's winter and everything like that, traditionally people are less busy. Um, although yeah. that doesn't seem to it be can the case be a anymore because uh, of the modern. Yep. Matt, go uh, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, the modern way of life. It doesn't seem to be the case anymore because of the modern way of life. So, uh, yeah, I think with the modern way of life, we should be able to find that, and we shouldn't have to celebrate a specific time of year. You're right. So, uh, so, um, so Matt, um, did you have any any stories about um, bad gifts that you've received or, <laughs> or silly Christmas traditions? We kind of start out the show asking for those. Um, actually, <laughs> going back to when I was a kid, because it's been a long time since I've even actually received gifts. I mean, even, you know, when the, once I got married and had the kids and everything else, Christmas kind of centered around the children. And um, I never really wanted anything much uh, in terms of, of uh, material gifts from my wife. I was more always asked for special spiritual type gifts from her. But uh, she didn't quite understand that. Anyway. Um, Interesting. Matt, uh, do you so, have more? Yes. Okay. Uh, hold that thought. We're going to go uh, bring you into the next segment. And this is Free Talk Live. If you would like to talk with us about Christmas or anything else that's on your mind, you can call us at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live, the live Christmas edition. More coming up. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran, as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie here with you. And Julia. And we are live on Christmas Eve. Or, excuse me, Christmas Day. I, I see Julia. What day is it? This is how little importance it carries yeah. with me. <laughs> I forget what day it is. I know. <laughs> but it's Christmas Day. We've checked the calendar and we've made sure of it. And uh, you can see us live in the studio if you go to uh, cam.freetalklive.com. And uh, you can check out what we're doing. It's not all that interesting. But... I, I was just going to say, but why would you want to? <laughs> no offense. I mean. Anyway, in the last segment, we were talking with Matt from Illinois. And I'm going to bring Matt back on the air because I think he had more to say. So, uh, Matt, are you with us? Yeah. Um, so, okay, when, I, when I'm ringing the bell for, um, for uh, uh, Salvation Army, uh, I get, I got... At least a half a dozen people come up to me and praise how the Salvation Army handled their needs and their time of needs. When when people were, uh, there was some people who admitted that they were alcoholics and they needed help with that, and they and they had gone to the uh, Salvation Army and got help with that. Yeah. And there was people who had had fires and and their houses, and they were telling me how the Salvation Army 
had come up and uh, helped and offered. You know, they they had the the donuts and coffee out there, but they had clothes. They had. Uh, uh, food. They had uh, a place for the people that, that their house had just burned down, a place for them to stay. And they were very helpful. And then the people would, would say how unhelpful the uh, Red Cross was. And uh, Compared with the Salvation these, Army? Compared with the Salvation Army. Okay. For instance, I had one lady tell, well, I had one fireman say that the Red Cross would only show up at big fires if the fire was a huge fire. At small fires, the Salvation Army or the Salvation Army would come with their coffee and donuts and offering the help that they could help the the, the family or families that have been displaced. But uh, this, the Red Cross wouldn't. But if it was a big fire, then the Red Cross would show up. Hmm. Um, I had one lady tell me that she got clothes from the Red Cross, but then the Red Cross billed her for those clothes later. Wow, that, that surprises me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that surprised me too. And um, I, I had a couple of people that um, I, I suspect were uh, gay donate to the Army, and I, I don't think that once, I, I did not once get a story where somebody came up to me and said, you know, our house burned down, and they came up and they asked me if I was gay, and I said, yeah, and they decided not to help me. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that never happens. I don't, well, that, that I know of, okay? I, I should never say never. There might be a couple of stories out there. I don't know. So I don't think that these people are out there um, when they're, when they're, when they're uh, uh, helping people, uh, I don't think they're going to worry about whether or not somebody is gay if these people are in need. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I suppose think not, and I guess that's a positive step. But all right. the same, if they if they're using some of their money, or if they have these institutional policies that are opposed to uh, gay marriage and decriminalizing these so-called you know these laws that prohibit certain acts and stuff, then you know I still. I still have a really hard time uh, supporting them because of that. What do you What do you think, Julia? Right, and I understand that as a principled st- stance. I would have uh, kind of a problem too, and and I, I, in fact I do. But you know how I'm going to handle that is by uh, you know voicing my concerns with them and try to you know convince them to change as best I can. They are a very large um, charity. There's there's no doubt about that. And uh, Matt, we got some other callers on the line, so uh, I think we're going to have to move on. But thank you so much for the call. Uh, yeah. can, sure. Can I say something, one one more thing, just sure. to plug something that I did today? Sure. Uh, for, for Christmas, for myself today, I self-published a book on smashwords.com. It's called The Edge of Sanity. It's by Matthew Wayne. It's $2.99. You can buy it at smashword.com by right. uh, entering Matthew Wayne. And I just wanted to get that out there. Good luck with your book, Matt. And thank you for, so much for the call tonight. Um, so I don't know what you think about that, Julia, if you had anything else to say. The Salvation Army? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've actually never heard this. about. This is the first oh, time okay. I've heard this about the gay thing. Um, I haven't had much experience at all with the Salvation Army, so I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like any input I have is really, you know, relevant. Okay. But I will say that the bell ringing really irritates me. Like, <laughs> I really, okay, I get it. I don't think it. you're the only one. <laughs> I get it. Ring the bell. But can it be like, ding, mm-hmm. 
ding. Does it have to be like clank, 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 like all the time? It's so irritating. It makes me want to stay away. They are making sure everybody knows. Yeah, right. And I, I mean, you know, when you see them, it's like, you know what they do now. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what they do. So why, if you're going to have a bell, don't, don't ring it like that, please. <laughs> be yeah. gentle to my ears. It hurts. Yeah. People, I think, want a certain amount of peace and quiet when they're trying yeah. to go shopping, right? It makes me stay away. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't want to approach that noise. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't want to sound like a purist here. I'm sure they help a lot of people, but I personally would prefer to support a secular charity anytime I, I, I had agree. a choice. Yeah, I agree. And and they just, the name is like this, the Salvation that has this like really religious ring to it. Yeah. And then it's the army. It's the right. Salvation Army. So they almost have the like religious and then the status yeah. memes all rolled into one. But I've know. thought that in the past, but I don't have much experience with them. You know, I will say they do bring in a lot of money because I used yeah. to work at a bank and they used to bring in the change and put mm-hmm. it in the change machine. And they brought in a lot of money every day. So people are definitely donating to the Salvation Army. Yeah, yeah. I see. All right. Well, let's go to Kelvin in Colorado. He's been waiting on the amp lines. Kelvin, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good evening, ladies and mysterious gentlemen. (laughs) You talking Uh, about Ian? (laughs) Yeah, well, you didn't mention him, and he's sitting right there, so I was... He's having a a day off today. (laughs) Ah, incognito. Okay, that's great. Uh, Well, sorry, uh, ladies, I don't really want to talk about Christmas. But, That's uh, fine. It's Free Talk Live. Like, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. I uh, Yes, I understood that was what the rule was, so I, I felt free to, to do so. <laughs> so uh, I make it a point uh, to reread uh, George Orwell's 1984 every uh, five or ten years. Uh, uh, these days in audiobook format, since I don't really have time to sit down and, or patience <laughs> to sit down and uh, actually read the Dead Tree version, but each time I read it, I'm amazed at uh, by or- Orwell's insight into the ultimate nature of government and his uh, his the clarity of his vision into the future. Mm. Uh, most people who haven't actually read the book uh, seem to think it's mostly about like pervasive surveillance, uh, cameras and microphones and Big Brother's watching you and all that stuff. But after you actually read the book, uh, I've come to understand that it's more it's uh, about much deeper and more insidious type of totalitarianism. Uh, it's well, sure, Kelvin. The uh, the it. ultimate scene comes to mind where the what is it? Winston, the character, is in jail and he's looking at the the four lights and they're telling him no, it's five, and they keep beating him every time he yeah. says it the correct number. <laughs> and then ultimately he caves in and says, "Okay, it's five, right?" And that really reminds me of a lot of the things that the state does today. It's all about obedience. So, uh, Kelvin, hang on the line if you have more to discuss about 1984. We're talking about liberty, Christmas, and maybe whatever else is on your mind. It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is the number, and there's more coming up. Stay tuned. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9.
This is Free Talk Live, and we're so glad to have you joining us tonight on the live Christmas edition with Stephanie and Julia. And you can call us and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE, as usual. That's the rule on Free Talk Live. Hey, I want to let you know about something really interesting. The Free State Project is having an event called Liberty Forum, and it's February 23rd to the 26th. It's coming up very soon, in about two months, and it's one of the largest liberty gatherings in the world, and you can be a part of it. It's going to be at the elegant Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel, a little bit upscale. You can get a hotel room, and uh, you know, if, you, if you're having trouble affording it, you can uh, split a hotel room with several people, probably can get the cost down to like something like 25 bucks a night. So, you know, it's pork fest level if you have some roommates, <laughs> as far as affordability goes. Um, and we've got a lot of cool speakers lined up. Uh, not we, uh, the the Free State Project and actually the organizer, Chris Lawless, who's working very hard behind the scenes to get all this going, has got many cool speakers, including Joel Salatin, author of, author of You Can Farm. Uh, and I believe he also wrote a book called Everything I Want to Do is Illegal, which I find very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so Sounds that, like me. Yeah, exactly. Me too. I can relate. <laughs> it's a very eye-catching title. Uh, also, some, um, some speakers from the Institute for Justice kind of fighting for business freedom uh, from the 10th Amendment Center, uh, survival experts, Michael P- Cloud from the Center for Small Government, and many, many more. And I heard there's also going to be an unconference there, which is really cool. There's always sort of some, you know, kind of uh, conventional speakers, like your conventional, uh, what's it called? A conventional convention, <laughs> right? And and then there's some alternatives, like the Alternatives Expo. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. So no matter who you are, there's something for everyone at the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. And you can check them out by going to freestateproject.org. And it's very prominently displayed on that front page. So let's go back to the phones and talk to Kelvin. Before we left off uh, in the last segment, Kelvin, we were discussing with you uh, about 1984, the novel by George Orwell. And uh, you had some more things that you wanted to say on that, I gather. Oh, uh, yes. And then I'd like to carry this on into something that's Immediate, more immediately relevant. Uh, sure. But uh, anyway, uh, just to recap the stuff I was saying about 1984 is that it's it's not so much about uh, cameras and surveillance as it is about the uh, control of the of the populace through uh, altering the, the way they think, and it was done principally through language control uh, mm. to, to become a, a subset. Or subsequent mind control. So yeah. So for language. our listeners who who may not be familiar with this book, it's a, it's a classic, but not everybody has read it. You know, and, I read it um, years ago, and I would love to read it again because I feel like I would understand it a little better. Yeah. You know, I think I was like eighteen. Yeah. And, Ironically, I think I was like forced to read it in government yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there was a couple books like like Animal Farm. We were we used to we were forced to read Animal Farm too. Yeah. In government school. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if school kids are still reading those books. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually wrote a paper on 1984 and the teacher didn't believe that I could write at that level and she thought that I had plagiarized it and accused me of plagiarism nice. even though even though I hadn't I had written it of my own self. But that's anyway, nice. that's this <laughs> I don't want to make this all about me, but but you know, Kelvin, you were saying um there's a lot of elements in this book about language and how language is used to control people's thought. And I think it's it's completely true that 
Um, language does mirror thought, and if there are not words to express certain thoughts, they will definitely be suppressed, right? And so in this book, they had um, this language, new speak, and it was like, it, it, it redefined all these words and it, it made new words so that you could only use these government-approved terms. And uh, can you think of some examples of that, Kelvin? Uh, well, they, what they did is they really limited the richness in the, of the language and the range of the language. Mm-hmm. So they, they eliminated a whole bunch of words, and then they would have things like, uh, you, you don't really need the term bad or terrible or outstanding or excellent. All you needed was the word good. And then if it was, you know, more than good, then you could call it plus good. Right. And if it was really, really outstanding, it would be called double plus good. Or if it was bad, it would be called ungood, yeah. etc. Uh, that, that, you know, and that isn't really taking it to a very deep level, but that's kind of the concept. But the idea is that uh, most people construct their thoughts uh through the facility of the, of the language that they understand. It's really hard to have a direct thought about, you know, concepts of uh, economics or, or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea was that by uh, adjusting the language enough, you could make it so that it would be impossible to have unorthodox thoughts, which was what the, the term thought crime was about. Sure. Uh, and, oh, and by the way, Julia, uh, I do, and everybody else, I recommend you go and read it again as the, the uh, older you get, the, the, the more you get out of it. And read the audio book version of it just when you're commuting and stuff. It's painless. It is yeah. pretty depressing. I, <laughs> I know. Love I was going to say that um, 1984 was so sad to me because it didn't have like a happy ending. Yeah. You know, it was like it just it ended horribly. Yeah. It was like no hope. You know, it, I found it very sad. At the time when I read it, I think the thing, it was around the time that we, uh, we, at, it was around the time that the U.S. government had just decided, George Bush had decided that we were going to go to war with Iraq. And the thing that re- I remember really jumping out at me was the fact that the government in the book was always telling the citizens, well, this place has always been at war. We have always been at war yeah. with East Asia or whatever. Yeah. Or, I forget the names of the countries, but they were all in a perpetual state of war with each other. Right. Yeah. It, it was East Asia and or Eurasia and East Asia or something like that. But yeah, yeah that was uh, a big thing in there. Uh, so to bring this up to uh, full circle to what we're doing today, sure. uh, it, it seems like the, the people in the liberty movement need to, as, to as much as possible when we're just communicating on a day-to-day basis with uh, re- regular people that aren't uh, quite tuned into it yet, uh, we need to change our language subtly in order to, to break past that barrier, kind of doing an end run around the initial, oh, we can't do that, or we can't, you know, I don't think of it in that way. And yeah, give, us a, give that, us a specific example, Kelvin, because I want to hear more about this. Excellent. I've got I've got uh, a few suggestions, and then the the one that first got me thinking along down this track is that uh, you know all my life it was public school, public school, public school, and then I, in these various uh, I, I used to go to this uh, meeting called, at this place called the uh, oh boy uh, well I can't remember what it was, but it's a 
free market type organization, Center for the Study of Market Alternatives. Uh, that was in Boise, Idaho. I don't know if it still exists or not. Anyway, someone used the term government school. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it just it kind of set me back on my heels. I go, what? You know, and it, it just kind of sticks in the back of your mind, and then it, you know, it kind of percolates the surface every so often, and you think about it, and eventually you go, "Wow, that's you know, that's exactly true." <laughs> you know, when you thought about it, it's public school, public school, all your life, you know, you never questioned it, never think about it, and then something like that hits you, and you go. Wow. Anyway, that's how yeah. it was with me. So, yeah, you know, this reminds me, Kelvin, of a speech that I heard from Stefan Molyneux, who's a philosopher and uh, is in the Liberty Movement. He came to Porkfest about two years ago, I think. And Porkfest, of course, is the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's like a little camping freedom festival in the woods of New Hampshire during the summers. Um, and and he, he talked about language, and he was talking about the terms like Terms like social security and and things like this, I mean, social security, if you really think about it, is essentially a a government-sanctioned pyramid scheme that that takes from younger people and depends on a a large base of young people to um, divert money to the older people. But using a term like social security, which sounds so benevolent to talk about it, makes it really hard to convey the true... Uh, the true intentions of it. And, uh, you know, Kelvin, we've got some other callers on the line, but if you have more, hang on, hold the line. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to bring up whatever's on your mind on this live Christmas Day edition, you can call us at 855-450-FREE. And there's more coming up. Stay tuned. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live with your hosts, uh, Stephanie and Julia, on this live Christmas Day edition. How many other radio shows are live on Christmas? Not that many, I, I believe. don't think many, no. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening on Satellite uh, or Sirius XM, uh, why did I say Sirius? I think it's just XM now. Yeah. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I depend on Mark, who's the uh, normal... Sunday co-host with me to uh, to know about those things, but he's off on vacation right now. But we're here and we're yes. doing a show. And uh, as Julia said earlier this evening, I liked what you said, Julia, about this is just a Sunday. It's pretty much just a Sunday to me, too. It's just a Sunday <laughs> where I can't go to the store. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's just what's, an inconvenient Sunday. What's up with that? <laughs> exactly. Hey, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, uh, and they do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables, and their employees are trained in resolving issues for you and your customers and treating them respectfully. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you also want to keep your clients, and they can strike that balance for you. It's SACL CAI, and you can check out their banner over at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI is uh, a wonderful company, and I I certainly support them. The... the, uh, the person who 
who manages that company, the, the person in charge of SACL CAI, Jason Osborne, is a has been a supporter of Free Talk Live for a very long time. Great guy. And and he has a, a, a tradition of a tradition that I don't think is a silly tradition. It's one that I rather like, actually. He usually likes to make a big meat feast on Christmas and call it Meat Miss. Yes, I think it's yes. pretty funny. I went to Meat Miss last year, actually. There was <laughs> lots of meat. Yeah. <laughs> Always good stuff. So, okay, we're going to go back to the phones. We've got a caller, um, Scott, who's waiting up pa- very patiently on the line, but I did want to give Kelvin a chance to finish up what he was saying in the last segment about uh, kind of about language and about how we, uh, you know, how we speak basically shaping our thoughts. So, Kelvin, go ahead with what you had to say. Uh, thanks a lot, Stephanie. I appreciate your uh, indulgence on this. Uh, it's interesting. So, I like it. Uh, yeah, instead of uh, you know letting people refer to Ron Paul or other politicians or people of the liberty mindset as isolationists, uh, I've heard let's that call before. Non-interventionist, yeah. uh, which because because we don't want to like be isolated and not have trade with other countries and intercourse with the citizens and all this stuff. We we just don't want to go and you know meddle in their their affairs. Right. So I think non isolationists Non-interventionist uh, is a lot better term. And then here's one that, that really irritates me every time I, I hear it, is the term pepper spray. It sounds... Oh, know, yeah, it sounds like, like salt and pepper. Like, you know, well, very gentle, yeah, right? Like, like yeah, oh, have some pepper like, spray you know, on your salad, right? <laughs> it's almost, you know, like it butter spray. <laughs> it might make you sneeze or something like that. Oh, well, yeah, we know that's... experienced it, it is extremely... Uh, painful and debilitating stuff. It feels like someone's uh, running a blowtorch over whatever part of your body is hit by this stuff. Your uh, lungs immediately contract and you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Your your eyes slam shut. They're full of tears. Your uh, nasal passages fill with mucus. You're like choking to death and it's like the worst horrible pain that, that you can ever experience. Yeah, that's an important that's an important one, Kelvin. And uh, Julia, didn't you right. just read an article last night about a man who was killed by repeated pepper spraying with cops? That was actually Ian, but yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. They um, put a <laughs> something over his face and they pepper sprayed him until he died. For... It's, it's I, have you ever had pepper? Have you ever been around pepper spray? Because I've no. never been directly like personally pepper sprayed. Mm-hmm. But one time I was downtown West Palm Beach and we were just standing outside this club and somebody else got pepper sprayed. And I mean, we had to run like it, it fills your lungs and you cannot breathe. And wow. we had to like run several blocks to get away from it. That's terrible. Yeah. So I can't imagine what it would be like to be like it in your face. I just it would be terrible. Totally incapacitating. And sometimes they'll do these really cruel tricks. Like there was, um, it became an internet meme, essentially, this officer who was, um, I believe is at UC yeah. Davis or something, Officer Jones. He, it's The meme is called casually pepper spraying everything, and you can look it up on knowyourmeme.com or something yeah. like that. And it's basically this cop who who took like um, crowd grade pepper spray, which is very much more concentrated and even stronger than the ones that are just used for kind of like personal protection. And he was just casually just walking along the sidewalk and spraying these protesters who weren't doing anything. They were just sitting down. And, uh, and another cruel thing that I've seen is that they'll like literally will, will get in someone's face. A cop will get into someone's face. Someone, sometimes people who are handcuffed and literally yeah. just spray it right in their eyes. Just as, as if a punishment. that is any way justified. If somebody is no. in handcuffs, 
like the tasing, the shooting, the pepper spraying, why? Like, tell me why. Well, exactly. And that's the whole uh, that's the whole root of this issue. I mean, those weapons are supposed to be considered like less lethal or less than lethal. And they've turned from things that are supposed to be used to protect the police if they're fear for their safety to things that are pain compliance, essentially. And it's just awful. And I think, Kelvin, you really um, brought up an important point that we need to be careful about our language for these things. And I, what, what would you suggest calling pepper spray instead of pepper spray? Uh, that would be less of a euphemism. Excellent. I was afraid you were going to drop me before I got a chance to get to that. So <laughs> the actual uh, chemical at the, at the bottom of, of all this stuff that's in the, in the spray is called oleoresin cap, capsicum. And in the, the trade or the, the people that are into this sort of thing, it's referred to as OC, uh, kind of like uh, but tear gas might be called CS, or there was CN at one time, certain uh-huh. kinds of nerve casts, or, or VX. And anyway, so I suggest that we call it OC chemical weapon, because that's what it is. It is a chemical weapon. Sure. And in fact, it's banned. It's banned by international treaty for use in war, if you can believe that. So, yeah. uh, uh, wow. so instead of calling it pepper spray, it might be nice to say you uh, you had OC chemical weapon used upon them. Uh, there might be a you know catchier and easier way to say it, but just to express the idea that th- that this is a, s- a serious stuff and people have died from it. It's not oh we're going to blow some pepper in your spray face, yeah. pepper in your face, and you're going to be really inconvenient. Yeah. It's yeah. like really bad. So. Yeah. Uh, have a great rest of the night. And, Thank you, Kelvin. Uh, Thank you so much for pointing that out later. and hope you have happy holidays. Yeah, that I think that was a really good point. Mm-hmm. I liked his call. So, okay, we got a, another caller on the line. We are, uh, we're talking with Scott now from uh, North Carolina and he's listening on the internet and I think he wants to talk about Ron Paul. Are you with us, Scott? Yes, I am. I, I just want to say I was in law enforcement for 12 years until I had back problems and had to get out of it and our agency required us to trade with the OC spray or the capstan before we could carry it. So to spray we, yourselves we with it? No, our chief did. He was trained in it, and uh, he made sure our eyes were shut for a good while <laughs> when he sprayed us because he didn't want us going around abusing it. And and that's the way it needs to be taught. A lot of agencies don't require their uh, deputies or police officers to be sprayed with it, but ours did, and we certainly learned to respect the power that that stuff mm. had. And uh-huh. afterwards, you dunked your face in water. You did everything you did, you could, but for about twenty minutes, you were in, in some serious pain, burning. It was wow, pretty miserable. Yeah, um, Scott, I'm to sorry say, to hear about your back too. I just wanted to add that. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I just want to say this: this may be a little bit inflammatory for some people, but I think it needs to be shared. Ron Paul has been attacked and uh, with these supposedly racist remarks that he made, and I don't believe for a minute that he did. I think he's a man of great integrity, a godly man, uh, a good family man. I just think he's he's what America needs. But we have two other candidates that belong to a, a faith, and I'll just read, if you don't mind, a real short sentence um, by this, these, this religious group these two uh, candidates belong to. It says, but let them apostatize and they will become gray hairs, wrinkled, and black, just like the devil. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Mitt Romney, John Huntsman. Okay. Uh, the faith that, they, that they belong to. For, uh, you can look back 
for 150 years, they believed that Cain uh, was black and that he was cursed and that he was cursed with black skin and a flat nose, and that was the um, punishment. Wow, that's, yeah, uh, I mean, and, you know, there's, I have to say, Scott, um, you know, the religious stuff is, uh, is is pretty low down on my priority list, but I know that there is definitely a history of uh, sort of institutionalized or systemic racism in some religions, especially what you mentioned about, you know, some of these justifications that people claim are in the Bible. Or also, you know, I know that in the Mormon church, uh, they it was their policy not to allow black people to hold the priesthood, which was like a higher position in the church, until the 1970s, which is pretty, yeah. uh, not very progressive, let's just say that. <laughs> and uh, Scott, I, I Scott, did you have more I you would... wanted to talk about tonight? Well, I would just love for, for a little bit more of that information to be shared. If we're going to attack a, a good man like Ron Paul, let's take a look at what our potential president believes, or at least as a part of a faith that did at one time believe it. Scott, thank you so much for the call tonight. This is Free Talk Live. There's more. BigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigEdPress.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. So glad that you've joined us this evening. I am Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And we are doing a show for you live on Christmas Day. And it, of course, is uh, is the Sunday night show. It's it's unusual to uh, to have a show on Sunday nights, period. But Sunday and Christmas is uh, especially rare. So. Yes, we are awesome. <laughs> right. Let's Just had pat to get ourselves that out in there. the back yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> And of course, Free Talk Live, if you've never heard our show before, welcome. And um, this is a show where we talk about basically current events and issues that callers bring up, whatever's on your mind. And we do it from a pro-freedom viewpoint. And if you'd like to call in, you can do so at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you are welcome to bring up whatever is on your mind. Now, I we did I did want to recap a little bit for our listeners uh, in the last hour, we kind of started off talking a little bit about Christmas because it is Christmas today, and we we were soliciting uh, basically stories of bad Christmas gifts from our yes. our uh, listeners. You know, if you've ever received a gift that really shows the person doesn't know you at yeah. all, or <laughs> and who hasn't? Oh yeah, who hasn't? Um, we were talking about this during the break, Julia. Uh, now you and I are we're both ladies, and both of us. You know, pretty much don't wear makeup. Would you say that's accurate? That is accurate. Yeah. There is not, there has not been a bottle of concealer in my possession (laughs) in 10 years. Right. (laughs) I always kind of wonder if I should wear it when I'm on camp, like when I'm in a video or something. If you put it on, (laughs) you will like instantly want to take it off. Yeah. Oh, it's very uncomfortable. It feels really uncomfortable when you're not like, because I remember, because I kind of slowly weaned off makeup. So. Like, I wore it when I was, like, 14, right? Because it was like, ooh, oh, yeah. rite of passage, I'm a girl, <laughs> and I get makeup. And um, I wore it, like, the full face and the eyes and stuff. And then I took off the face, and I would just do the eyes, and then slowly it just became no makeup. But I remember once, like, putting on makeup again 
after not having worn it for a while, and I just felt like really covered with something, and it re- like just oh, oh it was yeah. awful. You begin to realize where, why people will say things like, "Oh, I don't go outside without my face on," because it, yeah. it literally is like yes. a mask that covers <laughs> your entire face. You know, I think I, there are some girls who I think do it well. They do it light or whatever, and it makes sure. them look fine. But I think a lot of people look, you know, like just creepy and really fake with it. And I, I just, I guess I don't understand the phenomenon, right? I don't, I just, just not something I can relate to. I don't understand why you don't think that you look good without it. I mean, is that, is that has to be a learned behavior, right? I, I assume it has to, yeah. I I mean, what else could it be besides cultural conditioning? And if you look at all the ads that are kind of targeted um, to play on women's insecurities that they're kind of uh, they're kind of told to feel by culture. Well, you know, your your boobs aren't big enough and your eyes aren't bright enough. and your, Your skin isn't smooth enough and your lips aren't red enough. Right. Because, of course, you want to be attractive because culture tells you that. Um, attractiveness is the only good thing about a woman, right? It's right. Like you're not exactly uh, taught to to feel valued for other things like your your smarts or your excellent conversation skills or other things like that. Uh, it's really a lot about appearance with women, especially younger women. And uh, and those messages come from everywhere. I mean, they're in movies, they're in music and culture and everywhere. And so I think and then it's kind of compounded by this advertising that kind of plays on people's insecurities that they absorb from culture. And so the reason I brought this up, Julia, is that, you know, we've both kind of, if you will, freed ourselves from the prison. Of it makeup. is it is really very liberating. I <laughs> yes. will say that I definitely have more self-confidence now than I ever did when I wore the makeup. Up, you know oh what my I mean? gosh! I, I mean, thirty minutes a day yeah. to put your face oh, on. Yeah, it's actually That's funny. a huge ball and chain. At work, they don't believe me, but I literally, I'm, I wake up at seven, I'm out the door at seven twenty. I yeah. shower and I get dressed and I leave and they like can't <laughs> believe this, you know. <laughs> but it's like that's just, I just I don't do my hair. I just brush it. Like it just is such a time waster in my opinion. Yeah, just to do it all over again. Exactly. Exactly. Why not have a kind of a low maintenance look that you don't have to spend a lot of time freshening yeah. up all the time? Well, then I don't know if you ever had these friends, the ones who wear makeup all the time. So much of it that when they don't wear makeup, they look weird. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had this friend who would just cake it on. And she, I mean, it actually like she was good at caking it on. Right. She had this down. It would take her like an hour. Yep. But like when she didn't wear it, it looked so weird. Like her eyelashes looked small and her skin looked weird. And I, I think it was just because you got so used to this look that wasn't her. And I mean, what do you do? Like you have like a boyfriend, right? And then they're like nervous about the boyfriend seeing them without makeup. And it just seems unhealthy to oh me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think when it starts to get to the point where it's really psychologically unhealthy is when the person is afraid to be seen without their makeup on and afraid that they won't be loved or something if they're they're seen in their natural state. And it's just like, I think if you're, I think if you're a healthy person and you've kind of worked on yourself um, and your emotional well being and, uh, then you you want to take care of yourself, right? You want to you want to be healthy from the inside out, and you want to eat well and exercise and get get enough sleep. Um, but painting your face is kind of the farthest thing from that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't I know people that really like it, and I don't begrudge them, whatever you know. Sure. But um, I gotta say, I'm definitely really proud of the fact that I don't wear makeup, and I feel really good about it. And um, cool. I well, would you encourage look, you look some beautiful, to- Julia. Oh, thanks. We- you do too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is awesome. The yeah. whole reason I brought this up is because um, 
Yeah, I, there was a point to this story. Is <laughs> because of the Christmas gifts, and I just remember um, one of the first bad Christmas gifts I received was uh, a makeup kit. From I got one too. One of my relatives. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, was it the aunt? Yeah, it, it actually oh, yeah, was. Me too. <laughs> this is what. This is the same one though that uh, I. I uh, somehow, when I was a kid, she found out that I was going to summer camp. And I was obese as a kid, and she made a comment to my parents like, "Oh, is it one of those fat camps or oh, one of those weight loss camps?" Oh, <laughs> oh. this is childhood trauma talk live, right? Yeah. Here. <laughs> and you can always call us. By the way, eight five five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. But you know, I think when people give young girls this makeup. Um, it, not only is it kind of feeding into that cultural yeah. idea that the only great thing about women or girls is their is their looks, right? But it also, I I don't know. It just kind of to me, I was offended by it because it um it, it kind of assumed that I was like everybody else, yeah, and that I was just, I would just of well, course I would want makeup because every girl if wants I don't makeup. wear makeup and you see me often enough to know that I don't wear makeup, Mm -hmm. isn't it pretty insulting to get me makeup as a gift? Because you're either saying I should wear makeup, like like the fact that I don't isn't normal (laughs) or (laughs) good, or that maybe I'd look better with makeup. I don't know if you've ever gotten that comment before, but every once in a while, like someone, like I remember once there was this lady who like worked for Avon or something silly like that, sold Avon, and said she wanted to do a makeover because I would look so pretty with makeup. And it's like, could you be more insulting? Thing? Yeah, like, ouch. That's uh, like when people give you like a workout video for Christmas or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You look so good if you did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we do have a call on the line that I'd like to take. Uh, caller, who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Al from Norway. Hi, Al. What's on your mind tonight? How's it going, Stephanie? Great. I see Julia's there. You watching oh. the cam at cam.freetalklive.com? Hi. <laughs> Um, I got a, we, we needed, me and my wife needed a, uh, coffee maker and mm-hmm. I got a coffee maker for Christmas. Now I, as a man, I think that's all well and good, but should I be all freaked out and mad? Because I think if I had gave her a set of snow tires, I think she would have been upset. Why do you so think she I would have been mad? upset? Well, she, we, that, that's just it. I can get a family present and everything's cool, but if I would have given her a family present, I wouldn't have flew. That you, doesn't seem reasonable. You mean I'm because not the only one that's going to use the coffee maker. Well, are you, I'm confused, Al. Is it because you think your wife wouldn't like snow tires because she wouldn't be the only one to use them or because she would think it was like unromantic or something? Well, sure, but if you want to buy me a pair of a uh, set of snow tires, please do. I need some new ones. All right, thanks for the suggestion. I'll do that. Save <laughs> me some money. All right, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Al. Is that all you had on your mind tonight? Um, yeah. Can you please send some butter? Oh, there's a butter shortage in We're Norway. For butter. We're oh. on butter. You know, no, I, I heard about I this. I the heck you were talking about. I, I heard about this. Oh, oh, Al, hold that thought. We're coming back with more. This is Free Talk Live. You can call us 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live, the Christmas edition. From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. 
but he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit LibertyDocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's LibertyDocumentary.com. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on the live Christmas Day edition. And I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And we thank you so much for being here tonight. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? Well, ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, and they are members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. They have some prices that are so low that we can't even mention them on the air. (laughs) Get an additional 5% off, though, with the coupon code FTL, and get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Definitely have heard... Good things about them. So if you get if you get money or maybe gift cards for Christmas, well, that might be a good place to spend it if you're into outdoors activities. I was almost I was almost going to say outdoorsmanship, but you know, there's a lot of like male you know male terms, and I think that anybody could enjoy um, being outside and doing things like hunting or camping, uh, regardless of their gender. So I'm going to make it gender neutral. <laughs> so so um. Julia, we had Al Al from Norway call in the last segment, and he, um, just to bring our listeners up to speed, I have my own uh, radio show called Pork Therapy, and it's P-O-R-C, like a porcupine, Mm therapy.com. And uh, on Friday night's show, uh, it's live on Friday nights, um, we were talking about uh, basically a lot about food, and I read an article that said that there was a butter shortage in Norway. Mm -hmm. And now Al is from Norway, and this article was amazing. It was saying that, you know, they have these high import tariffs on dairy products. Right. And there was um, some kind of weather, like there was a rainy summer and it damaged the feed that is normally fed to cows. And so milk production inside of Norway was down and they they had trouble importing other dairy products because there were these tariffs and it was really expensive to do so. And so, uh, you know, there was like reports of butter being sold at like 30 times its normal price or something, at least according to the article that I read. And Al said that he didn't um, he didn't hear about that from inside Norway and he wasn't experiencing a butter shortage. So, Al, we're glad that you have butter. Yes. <laughs> but it is, if it's true, um, it is a great example of how government gets in the middle of um, of our food, you know, and it, um, it, 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 it makes certain foods more expensive and it subsidizes other foods especially things like corn and right. and uh, soy and wheat, mm-hmm. right? And uh, corn, I mean, the subsidization of corn is a really big one because it's uh, it's led to the creation of things like high fructose right. corn syrup and uh, corn oil, yeah. which is uh, full of these inflammatory fatty acids and omega-6s and stuff. And so, you know, um, one could argue that the subsidization of corn well, maybe it might have been a good idea when people were really starving and had nothing to eat. I, I don't. I still don't think the government uh, should have subsidized yeah. it, but maybe it benefited some people along the way. But it it definitely led to these uh, perversions of like natural food, which are yeah. I, I mean, how if you think about I've I've spent many um many sleepless nights puzzling over how you could get oil out of a corn. <laughs> yeah, 
I can't say that I've spent many sleepless nights puzzling over it, but it is interesting. It was a little bit I of do, an exaggeration. I do, because I really love nu- nutrition, too. Yeah. And um, I do, when I walk through the grocery store, like all of the items that are like on sale and on display, it's all junk food. Yeah. It's like 90% of what they sell in the grocery store is junk food. Yeah. And it's really hard. I mean, you really have to practice at it and train yourself like how to grocery shop in a different way. Yeah, they it's certainly very don't challenging because of all of the corn syrup. Yeah, they certainly don't teach you that in government school. No, and uh, and it's it's even more difficult if you're uh, if you're a person who you know of little means, right? Like if you don't have very much money, mm-hmm. um, maybe a college student or something like that, or or uh, someone who just doesn't make a lot. It's it can be expensive to buy the whole foods that are yeah. really nutritious. So, um, yeah, I can see that there's a big problem there. I certainly don't think the answer is to, like, tax certain foods or something like that. Uh, no. also also had seen something recently that said Denmark was taxing foods with uh, over 2% saturated fat, which seems crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, that's it's not going to change anyone's behavior. Well, that's behavior. like the soda so, tax that they talk about here. Yeah, they have. I've heard, I've read yeah. tons of articles. I'm I'm not sure if it's actually gone through anywhere, but they always talk about, like, a candy tax or a soda tax. Like, that's going to make people healthier or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, as far as I know, you're right, Julia, it hasn't gone through in any major cities or anything like that, but it's definitely been talked about. And there are kind of these microcosms where candy and soda are banned, which are government schools in yeah. some places. And what it results in is, number one, the kids don't lose weight. They find alternatives like, you know, sugary apple juice or the the, yeah. the crappy school lunches that, uh, you know, pizza is considered a vegetable. I and- <laughs> read that article. That was really amusing. Oh, it, it, it's yeah, it is amusing, but it's also so sad for those it's kids. It's sad. You know? It's sad for the kids. Um, of course, I don't believe that the government schools should exist in the first place sure. and then we wouldn't have this issue. Like, yeah. I don't think it's appropriate for the government to have any say whatsoever in what kids eat. I think it's up to parents. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that the government has has first of all they've constructed their food pyramid based on what what industries pay them the most oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. and that's what they they teach people so it's like everybody has this skewed view of what we're actually supposed to eat and what's healthy yeah it, it's uh, it's just everything's so messed up absolutely it hurts I my brain sometimes agree. to think about it <laughs> yeah i have the same experience so, you know, we started off the show talking about Christmas and, you know, in the last segment before we, we had this call about the butter shortage, um, we were talking about like bad Christmas gifts that we received and still want to hear stories from our listeners about those at six, uh, excuse me, at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Um, but, you know, Julia, we, we had this article that we were discussing a little earlier Called what is it? Just say no. Just to Christmas? say no to Christmas. Let's get into that, which just warms my heart. <laughs> so, uh, this is from USA Today, um, and it big, starts big paper. Yes, I know the, that also warms my heart. It's not some little online journal. I mean, USA Today is a is a big newspaper. Yeah. Susan Lee, a divorced mother of three in New York City, is taking a drastic step this year. No Christmas for me, she says. No gifts. No turkey. No tree. No kidding. Lee, 41, a marketing consultant, says she needs a break from the stress and the spending that are, are integral parts of the holiday. Her kids oh, will celebrate. Stress. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I know you've talked about this on the show before, Julia, because I've 
heard it, and I, I thought it was really important to bring that up, is that around the holidays, I believe there is a peak in depression yes. and suicidality and also debt. Like people who yeah. spend so much money to buy these Christmas presents that they feel so obligated to get for their families. And it ends up just hurting them and it stresses them out. And they're spending all this extra time getting and wrapping the presents. And it's, it's actually not fun. It's interesting for me because I haven't celebrated Christmas for like six years now. Mm-hmm. And when I hear people talk like at work and just regular people talking about Christmas and, oh, my God, I got to go shopping. I haven't gotten all my gifts yet. And all these normal Christmas like my Christmas is just normal. It's so re- it's almost relaxing for me. Like Christmas morning, I wake up and I, you know, and I got nothing to do today. Like I can yeah. do whatever I want. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a very liberating feeling. I absolutely yeah. love it. I couldn't be happier not celebrating Christmas. But um, it says here that our kids will celebrate a traditional Christmas with their dad, but she's ignoring all the rituals. I started dreading Christmas from the time the decorations go up in the stores. It stopped being fun for me, so I'll find out this year if I can do without it altogether. I think it will be a relief. It already is. Wow. Interesting stuff. If you want to tell us how you eschewed Christmas and got relief, six eight five five four fifty free. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. is free talk live welcome back to the christmas edition we are live here on sunday evening and i'm your host stephanie and i'm julia and we thank you for joining us very nice to be here and uh and julia thanks again for coming in yes, with me this is i love the christmas show this is a fun way to spend christmas yes I have it to is say. <laughs> so uh you can always call us and uh, bring up whatever's on your mind it's the show it's a show where you're welcome to call in uh with your thoughts and share them with us at 855 855- 450 free 855-450-3733. Meantime, we were discussing in the last segment, Julia, a, an article called Just Say No to Christmas. Yes. And I think this is very interesting. Um, I think I mentioned earlier during the show that I've heard anecdotally a lot of people this year just saying, oh, you know, screw it. I'm not going to participate in Christmas this year. Yeah. It's just gotten too stressful. It's gotten too focused on these these obligation gifts, right? And it's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's drifted so far from the original purpose, which, as we said at the beginning of the show, is to, you know, enjoy time with the ones that you want to spend time with and, and yeah. give gifts because you like sharing joy, right? Well, I think that Black Friday is a perfect example of what has oh, become yeah. of Christmas. Yeah. Because last night I was by myself and I was bored and I thought a movie to fall asleep would be nice. And I was just looking at the instant list and I picked Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> Which is a cheesy Christmas movie, and I'm not a Christmas person, but I, you know, whatever. That little girl's cute, so, yep. you know. So, one of the first things I noticed was that when they opened the doors at uh, the Macy's, it wasn't, it was had a different name, but essentially the Macy's in downtown New York, when they opened the doors the day after Thanksgiving, it was 9 a.m. 
Mm-hmm. And this is a movie that takes place a while ago. I'm not sure what the decade was. So compare but I, that to today. Right. Today, this year, they opened Ugh. the doors of Walmart at midnight. Yeah. You know, and, and there was and, fighting. And, and every yeah. year you hear about that now. But yeah. I think that that's just a good example of how, like, it's all about the presents. And people are so starved for cash because they have to buy all these presents. They got to get the deals. So they got to get there at, you know what I mean, midnight, yeah. midnight so I can get the TV for 50 bucks off. And, <laughs> It's, they're exchanging their free time. It was time. Just an interesting little <laughs> thing that I noticed, like 9 yeah. a.m. Like, what store opens at 9 a.m. on Black Friday today? That is interesting, yeah. So. that That's very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, there is just so much pressure. And, and uh, you know, the people who go into debt to pay for their Christmas it's gifts, so too. so sad. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, there was a story this year about uh, an anonymous donor paying off the Kmart layaway accounts of people. Oh. And and that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that wasn't really um, like kind of gifts that people might not use all the time. But this was stuff that they needed for like everyday life. Yeah. You know, like they had kids and they needed to buy them winter jackets and things like that. And, you know, layaway is different than credit, of course, because you have to pay off the whole thing before you can take the item home. Usually, yeah. Right. So. um so this was this was not like oh they're, I'm just going to buy it on my credit card because I want it now and I can't really afford it. This was like well I need this thing and I can't afford the whole thing, but I'm going to pay what I can and yeah. try to get it. So that kind of warmed my heart. That's but it, nice. It's very different than I think the typical. I, I've read statistics and I'm going to try to research this a little bit better so I can have a real number for you all. But I've read statistics that the average American household um, has something like. I don't know, $34,000 in debt or 40000 in debt at any time. I would time. be surprised, too, if that included, like, a mortgage. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. think that would just be cars and credit cards and right. maybe, I mean, that's... And, of course, it doesn't include um, the debt that the government basically steals from the unborn. Yeah. You know, that they spend the money that they don't have and then they um, expect the future generations to pay it off in the taxes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, And most of the taxes actually go to pay... Uh, the interest on the national debt, as I understand it. And then, of course, they they also pay it down by inflation, yeah. right? which is a very insidious tax that we all have to pay uh, because the value of our money is going down and they're printing more money in the government. And it goes to, of course, the politically connected industries first, um, you know, like the banks and the uh, stockbrokers mm-hmm. and uh, also government contractors, the military industrial complex. Those are the ones that see the money that has just recently been printed that hasn't had a chance to kind of filter through the economy yet and uh, and decrease the value of everything. So they see those new dollars that, that have um, a higher value. And then by the time they percolate into the rest of the economy, they're diluting the rest of the cash. And so they... They, uh, by the time they get to most people, they're worth less. Yeah, it's a very nice thing that they do for us. <laughs> oh, yeah, very nice. Yes. Being sarcastic, right? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I've got some interesting stuff uh, that I want to talk about coming up next, including the elf on the shelf. You ever heard of this, Julia? Uh, you were telling me about it earlier, but I had not heard about it since. He knows when beforehand. you've been bad or good, and he's going to snitch on you to Santa. And also um, the racist elves in... Um, in some country, where was this? Uh, the the uh, the race, racist elves in uh, du- in what country is Dutch? I don't know. I'm so ignorant about this. I know it's sad, isn't it? <laughs> it's. I'm looking at this article. It says the Dutch Father Christmas, but we'll figure that all out isn't after that we Switzerland. No, I don't. Think I'm so. really. I know it's in that general area. That's what I know. I mean, it's sad, but I went to um, government oh. schools and we learned about America. 
Uh, yeah. I know the states. I know the capitals. Um, I'm getting the inkling it. that it's uh, Holland. Holland, yeah. yeah. That sounds. I know it's in that area. Like I can picture it on a map, but I don't. I, sorry. Even our board up didn't uh, guess Holland, so we're. I think we're okay, okay. and clear. And uh, I do want to get to um, Sydney's call. Sydney's listening in Montreal, and we'd like to talk about skipping Christmas. Sydney, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah. Not, yeah. Nice to hear from you, Sydney. What's on your mind tonight? Hello. Stephanie and Julia and mystery person in the studio that I see <laughs> on cam.freetalklive.com. Oh, yes. Uh, I Yeah, you were talking about skipping Christmas, and uh, I wanted to uh, mention this is basically the third Christmas that I've skipped. Wow. And uh, basically, the, the, the reason I skipped the first one was uh, because I had made the mistake of going into debt the previous year to uh, pay for all sorts of Christmas presents. And then oh, I realized, wow. like, you know, I, I have a large family and I just can't do this every year or else I'm never going to see the end of it. And sure. uh, by the time I'm 50, I'll still be paying uh, for uh, this year's Christmas presents or whatever. Sure, yeah. So uh, I, I thought that it was a very interesting conversation. And also um, something for me, I sang in a choir for about 20 years. Oh. And uh, there was also a time where I worked in a store that sells board games. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, doing both of those things at the same time during the holidays, for me, that crushed my Christmas spirit. That was like too much. <laughs> was there spirit. a lot of Christmas music in both yeah, of those exactly. scenarios? The, the Christmas music in the shopping mall and Christmas music on the weekends at the church all that stuff, and uh, let's just say it was very easy for me to um, not be really into it because I was oversaturated with it for like uh, three or four years, and it was just brutal. It it probably killed my Christmas spirit. Yeah, I think uh, Christmas music is, is sort of like the number one thing that people cite that they dislike about the Christmas yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. What a story. So, 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 Sydney, do you feel like you kind of, maybe this is a leading question, but do you feel like you got more personal freedom from deciding consciously to uh, skip out on Christmas and not participate? Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think it's a chicken and egg situation. I think mm. that the decision to uh, skip Christmas was an effect of having gained more personal freedom and saying, you know what, I'm taking a stand. I'm still paying for last year's gifts, and I can't do this every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like the only exception was last year when uh, I decided I wanted to get uh, two of my godchildren. I wanted to get them, I wanted to give them a present because, uh, you know, I really appreciate those people, and I wanted to let them know. So I basically asked them uh, what stores they'd like a gift certificate from. And uh, even then, I didn't end up giving it to them before this summer. So it was pretty... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't it, it, was it wasn't during the uh, Christmas season. Uh, yeah, so- exactly. Like, I told them that I wanted to do this during the Christmas season, but uh, one thing led to another. And uh, <laughs> You don't need a Christmas as your excuse. And uh, Sydney, I thank you so much for the call, and happy holidays to you. This is Free Talk Live, live Christmas edition. There's more coming up. Racist elves when we return. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie and Julia. And you are listening to the live Christmas Day edition of Free Talk Live. There are not too many other radio shows out there in Radio Land who are doing this for you, not only on a Sunday, but on a holiday Sunday. And that is just how hard we work for you, listeners. And also, we aren't really huge fans of, you know, tradition for tradition's yes. sake or uh, just I like the idea of creating your own traditions. Yeah. But I don't understand just doing something because it's what you've always done or what people think you should do. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think um a, a good reason to do things is cuz is cuz it makes you happy and it brings you joy, right? Like giving gifts or uh I don't know, having a dinner party with your friends or yeah. on a certain day or whatever. Um one thing that I I don't think uh, I I oh, I'm sorry never mind I lost my train of thought I did want to get into this article though Julia um, this was actually sent to us by Luther yeah. who is sometimes a co-host of Free Talk Live and he happens to be your brother yes right? <laughs> and uh, he told us about this and this is just unbelievable I had no idea that this was going on or that there were still people in the world who believed this way. But this is an article from the telegraph.co.uk, and the headline is Dutch Father Christmas's Blacked Up Helpers Banned for Being Racist. And then it says Sinterklaas, the Dutch version of Father Christmas, or I guess that would be Santa, right? And his blacked up, they call it blacked up helpers. <laughs> and they're in Dutch, they're called... Zwart Peten or Black Peters are banned in Suriname for being racist. Now, I'm looking at this picture and it's showing a Santa Claus like figure, but with a papal looking hat. It has like a pointy hat and it's dressed almost like a cross between Santa Claus and the Pope. And it has this large golden staff. And right next to it, there is what appears to be like their version of an elf or something, but it's in um, blackface. And that is like this old, you know, they, they used to have um, actors who would put makeup on and uh, it was like a caricature of a, a black person. And so this, this, um, this picture in this article depicts one of those and it, it has like, you know, it has a, you know, brown makeup and like big red lips yeah. on its face. And it's the picture is not uh, it's it's pretty offensive. It, it's very offensive. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I'm kind of shocked even just looking at it that these things are still going on in the world. Um, so let me let me get into this. It's by Bruno Waterfield, by the way, reporting uh, the Dutch father Christmas, who is white, brings presents for children accompanied by three or more servants who traditionally wear page boy uniforms black makeup, curly wigs, and large painted-on red lips. The parliament in the former Dutch Latin American colony is demanding that the, the, excuse me, is demanding the ban because the tradition is regarded as portraying a racist master-servant relationship, which serves as a bad example for Surinamese children. 
And yeah, I didn't, I hadn't even actually thought of that aspect. Like Santa's the master and the, the black elf is the servant or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's even another layer of, uh, you know, wrong <laughs> on top of the, the wrong sandwich or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, wow. Um, the former president of Suriname is angry that after being suppressed by a previous nationalist and authoritarian government 30 years ago, a Sinterklaas festival is now celebrated on Independence Square in the country's capital, um, which I guess features these characters of the um, the Santa and the Black Elf. In recent years, we have seen the imposition on our community of Sinterklaas and his Black Peters, he said. I see this development, and it is not just me, as a provocation of the Black part of the Surinamese population. And uh, I don't really know too much about the politics in that region of the world, but I could certainly see why someone wouldn't like that. Yeah. Wouldn't like that portrayal. Yeah. Especially if there is this kind of racial tension in that country, and oh, it doesn't seem like a good idea. (laughs) No. (laughs) So... So when you think, uh, you know, <laughs> when you think it's bad in this country with, um, you know, Ron Paul being accused of these racist newsletters. And I know you talked about that earlier in the week, right, Julia? Yeah. Um, and we actually had a caller mention that tonight, you know, that uh, Ron Paul is a mostly pro-liberty on, on most issues um, candidate for president in the U.S. And um, but he has this uh, thing in his past where apparently one of his campaign staffers, wrote these news newsletters to some supporters and apparently they were trying to pander to some white, you know, separatists or white racists or something. And uh, they, they had some language in the newsletters that was very inflammatory and said some negative things about blacks, which I really don't like. Um, yeah. A lot of people have tried to um, apologize for Ron Paul and say, Oh, well it wasn't him. It was one of his staffers. And that may be true. Um, but at the same time, I, I would really feel more comfortable to hear Ron Paul really come out and thoroughly denounce racism and say why he, you know, why he supports everyone regardless of their color, yeah. you know, being able to keep what they earn and being able to, to be free and not fear the government and that they're going to put them in jail or do, you know, horrible things and detain them and things like that. And his policies for the most part that he believes in, I think are anti-racist yeah. and, and are geared towards having everybody, everybody be able to empower themselves and uh, start their own businesses and not have to pay for wars around the world. Um, so I like that aspect, but I would, I really would like to hear a very explicit um, answer to that question of no, a resounding no. I, I denounce racism. Absolutely. People are equal no matter what color they are. Right. Yeah. So I think he could do better on that. But, you know, um, it's an interesting issue. If you have thoughts on it, you can always call us at 855-450-FREE. Um, so that that was it about the uh, racist elves in the, in what we now know as Holland. We yes. figured out <laughs> Dutch is in Holland. <laughs> but, you know, there was another story I wanted to talk about, Julia, and that is about the elf on the shelf. Have you ever heard of this? I heard about it earlier today <laughs> oh, yeah, for the first time. Right. That I Previously, that. no. So the elf on the shelf is a a toy that parents will buy for their kids. And it apparently it, they tell the myth, and this is from elf on the shelf.com. Um, 
It says, have you ever wondered how Santa knows who is naughty and who is nice? The Elf on the Shelf, a Christmas tradition, is the very special tool that helps Santa know who to put on the naughty and nice list. This interactive holiday hide-and-seek tradition is perfect for children and families of all ages. Now, I think this is super creepy. Um, it What it is, is this little toy elf that parents are supposed to tell their children is like a scout for Santa. And it watches you and you're supposed to move it around the house and put it in a different room in the house every day. Mm -hmm. So the kid knows that the elf is watching it and has to be good because they say that the elf, uh, the myth that you're supposed to tell your kids is that the elf flies back to the North Pole and reports and snitches on you to Santa and tells Santa whether you're good or bad. I find it slightly disturbing that because I hear this often, like in the grocery store and just whenever I see like parents with kids. Yeah. They say, um, you know, well, be good or Santa won't come. And I find it creepy that parents like use this excuse to basically bribe their children into being good for two months. Yeah. I, I really see the whole Santa myth as very much fitting in the reward and punishment paradigm yeah. where people essentially treat their children like pets and they're like, well, if you're good, you'll get a bribe essentially. And yeah. if you're bad, you'll be punished, you know? And uh, the Santa myth really fits in with that because it's uh, the, the idea is if you're nice or good, you'll get what toys you want. And if you're bad or, or I don't know, mean or naughty, right. Um, then you'll get a lump of coal and nobody wants to get a lump yeah. of coal. And, you know, Mark uh, last week was telling me this story on the air about how he did an experiment when he was a kid and he um, wrote a letter to Santa Claus with what toy he wanted to get and didn't tell his parents because he was wondering if Santa was his parents. Right. And uh, so he did this experiment and he didn't get the toy that he wanted. And I was really worried that when he did that, maybe he would think that he had been bad. Yeah. You know? And I think that 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 can really mess with kids like, you know, if you tell a kid that they're bad or they're going to hell, maybe it seems to be really like kind of a, a worse version of the the whole you're going to get coal if you're bad. Yeah. You know, uh, it's well, the same idea. I right? mean, they sort of imply that Santa Claus is so magical that basically as long as you're good, you can have anything you want. Yeah. I don't think that's a valuable lesson either that you just can get whatever you want. Sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It just like there are limitations and children need and especially I mean, it's it's such a children's myth and it's I, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Well, what do you think about the idea? I mean, we're coming up on the end of the second hour here on yeah. Free Talk Live. But what do you think about the idea of telling children the Santa myth to begin with? <sighs> I am on on the fence because naturally I, I want to say I don't agree with it. I don't really think that it's um, that it's appropriate, but I don't have kids and I always get the response. Well, if you, you don't have kids, you don't understand how magical it is for them. Well, there's a counter to that. Yes, I know. And that is that you were a kid at one point. And yes. So was I. And, uh, you know, we, it's not like we should not have an opinion just because we no, I agree. don't have children. So more coming up on Free Talk Live. We're going to talk more about Ron. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We thank you so much for joining us on this Christmas Day. 
I'm Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And uh, we're so happy to have you listening to us. Free Talk Live is, of course, the show where you can call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. And you can do so at 855-450-FREE tonight. That's 855-450-3733. And we do have a couple of calls on the line. I want to make sure we get to those. Uh, But just a quick recap, because I think that the calls may be related to this. In the last segment, we kind of briefly mentioned, um, you know, Ron Paul and the allegations of these like racist newsletters in his past. So I think uh, some of our callers want to discuss that a little bit further. Let's bring on Glenn in Connecticut. And uh, Glenn, are you with us? Hello, ladies. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Nice to hear from you. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I, I guess I did indeed hear you guys discussing the Ron Paul do uh, with the racist newsletters, and um, I, I learned something interesting uh, today uh, regarding that, and um, it had to do with the fact that uh, the media reported that he got very upset on some CNN interview and uh, yeah. stormed off. I heard yeah, that and, too, and, and I didn't out. see the interview. So was that close to the truth? Or? Oh, you know what? I actually heard something about this today. Yeah, I heard that. Um, after that interview was released, that um, apparently the extended version of that interview has been put up, and mm-hmm. what happened was they basically edited it to look like he did that, and oh, he really didn't. Yeah. That's what I heard today. Wow. I haven't seen it myself, but I guess they cut off like the last seven minutes of the interview wow. when he was actually like getting up and leaving, and they made it look like he was angry and stormed off, and he really didn't, and I guess it's come out now, like the extended real version of the interview. Wow. Correct. I, I wouldn't put that, that was... past the um, the media no. because they really have not been very friendly to Ron. They're Paul. really showing their true colors. I mean, they have not made <sighs> wow. a good case for themselves. Like, you know, you always hear about these conspiracy theories yeah. and like the media is, is, you know what I mean? They're like against you and stuff. But when they act like this, it's like, man, you guys, you're really not making a good case for yourselves. Yeah. And I wonder, um, how did, do you know how the video came out? Was it? Leaked? I have no idea. I just like somebody mm. said this to me, casual conversation, and I haven't looked it up yet, but I, the caller may. Yeah. Glenn, do, did you, you do you have any you... idea about that? No, no, I, you know, I, I just, I saw that, um, uh, there was a number of news articles about, uh, about two or three that came out and corrected, uh, this, this, uh, myth that he stormed off and got all, sensitive about the issue mm. uh, and i didn't actually go and watch the extended version because my internet connection is kind of slow but uh, nonetheless uh uh just uh, as you just said it's it's a brutal assassination uh on him uh interesting character so, but you, uh, when you were saying that you'd like to hear him make a real retractment of any race racism uh i i have seen videos of him being very explicit uh in his denouncement of racism not not uh, regarding this incident of him being accused of, mm-hmm. you know, racism by these newsletters, but I have seen YouTube videos. Of, oh, um, okay. Well, that's anti- Glenn. I appreciate you bringing that up because maybe I just wasn't. Maybe I just hadn't seen that. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm glad I you think, mentioned that. I don't think many people think he's racist. He's a very, you know, he has a lot of equanimity. Uh, I I think the problem with the racist newsletters is that. You know, if he's letting this material get out that's supposedly written by him, and that's his newsletter, even if you know, even if it is written by ghostwriters, uh, and this material is being included in it, it doesn't say a lot for his um, executive abilities. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, it, like it was in his. I have to. I feel like I kind of have to defend him now because it was only like, apparently, it was only once, and it was like thirty years ago. It was in the, or maybe even more than thirty years ago. So um, yes, I, 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 it definitely was a long time ago. One it, slip up I, in thirty years really... isn't that bad, and you know, compared to other politicians, sure. I mean, I'm not a fan of politics in general. I just think it's a really yeah uh, dirty. Dirty sport, right? <laughs> but. Well, you know, if, if, if like Mitt Romney or whoever else had some line in their book about, you know, how blacks are all crazy and are going to bring them, you would say, gee, this guy has some really bad stuff in that book of his. And sure. this was the Ron Paul newsletter. So I, it does make you, I mean, I, I don't doubt Ron Paul is a, is a racist at all. It just kind of says like, oh, okay, he's. You know, who's he going to put in charge of these cabinet positions and this position and that position? And how much autonomy is he going to give them? Mm. Uh, you know, and not be, it, it does bring up kind of um, some doubts. Not that I want those doubts to be there. I'm, I'm a pretty hardcore libertarian. Yeah. Well, I, pr- I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts on that, Glenn. And uh, thank you for the call tonight. Happy holidays to okay. you. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because Glenn was talking about, like, who would Ron Paul put in these cabinet positions? Yeah. I would hope that he would get rid of some of them, you know, but <laughs> but I, I agree with him because it's so um, it's so rare and unusual to find people who are in politics at all who have integrity and who have, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> that that some sense of some sense of justice and, you know, who can actually function in that system and the way that you typically rise to the top in politics is by being brutal and corrupt yeah. and aggressive and playing these dirty tricks and so uh, i i'd see that as a legitimate concern and problem so uh let's let's actually go to bill listening in massachusetts but he's actually listening on the liberty radio network iphone app which is pretty cool it was built by a programmer who's a friend of the show and uh I think they're looking to develop an Android version, but right now there is an iPhone app that plays Liberty Radio Network shows. And uh, Bill, are you with us? I am. Hi. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what's on your mind. I could use a bigger play button because I have really big hands and it's really hard to hit that little tiny arrow. (laughs) I need a bigger, just a big button. But anyways, um, I wanted to talk about the Ron Paul racist issue. Sure. Um, Because... Ron Paul has announced racism over and over again. It seems like it's been his full-time job for probably like the last two weeks. And uh, the last caller said that he had ghostwriters writing under his name. And uh, that I needed to, uh, I needed to uh, try to uh, change that because he, he had other writers and he was just the publisher. Mm-hmm. So he was the publisher. He was in his law, in his um, medical practice. Yeah. So he, you know, he was like the, the funding behind the publishing to, to pay for the direct mail and whatnot. Sure. So it, in his name at all. So he had, and um, while I really like his um, 99.9% constitutional voting record, his one unconstitutional voting uh, vote that he's had was for Martin Luther, Luther King's uh, day to be a national holiday. And knew voted against it, and huh. uh, all of the others voted against it. And he was one of the very few that did vote for it. Interesting. Um, one, I did not know that, of, Bill. 
Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you bringing these things up because, I, like I said um, uh, during Glenn's call too, I think I think maybe I I haven't seen some of these um, appearances where he's been explicitly, clearly denouncing racism, and so I really do appreciate you well, saying he, that. Yeah, he has clearly. And you know, one thing that I wanted, just one recommendation, is in my forty-three years, I've learned that if I don't know the answer, I just say, you know, I don't know that. I'll have to check into it because I hear a lot of talking points coming from you, Stephanie. Um, talking points that are in the mainstream media or pushed through the, the Prussian university system. So a lot of times um, I don't listen to you because it's kind of like fingernails down a blackboard to me because I'm fully enlightened in the whole New World Order operations. And I really see that you kind of teeter back and forth. Between, um, that must be really nice there to be so go. enlightened. Wow, Bill. Um, honestly, I you know, you're free to listen to me or not. Um, but are you insinuating that I'm some kind of a, I mean, is this, some no, ki- you're saying that I'm some kind of conspiracy? No, no, you're just young. And I learned it probably around your age. I learned that, Hey, maybe I should just check into it. Guess first. what, Bill? I'm not that much long younger than you. And I thank you for the call. <laughs> wow. I'm <laughs> oh. a new world order plant. <laughs> well, that's the first time that's happened to me. So, um, anyway, the number is eight five five four fifty free. 855-450-3733. And uh, you're welcome to call in about anything on Free Talk Live. And we are live on Christmas Day. So uh, you can listen to us or not. But we certainly do appreciate you joining us tonight. And we've got more coming up for you when we return. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are live here with you this evening on Christmas Day. I am Stephanie. And I'm Julia. And we're like nails down a chalkboard. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm like not, nails down a chalkboard. We are not the enlightened ones because we are too young. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Well, it's pretty that's... presumptuous about age. I mean, really, sure. who knows how old we are? If, if you're, you're, no, you know, if you're my Facebook friend, you wouldn't even know because I don't have the year. So, mm-hmm. how do you know how old I am or Stephanie is? Mm-hmm. I don't know how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I the caller mentioned that he was like forty something, and I said that you know I'm not that much younger than yeah. him. So, um, and age is a poor measure of you know it knowledge or anything. Is. Anyway, um, you know, honestly, I think the. If there's a legitimate point in what he was saying, it's that, you know, maybe I wasn't aware of some of the videos of Ron Paul uh, denouncing racism, but I just, you know, I haven't seen him and I don't particularly go looking for him. It's not as if I'm, you know, some plant from the mainstream. Like, I, it sounded like that's what he was yeah. insinuating. So anyway, if you have thoughts on this, call <laughs> us 855-450-FREE or 855-450-3733. And, um, you know... I wanted to talk about something tonight, Julia, since it is Christmas, there are going to be a lot of people out there 
um, thinking about the whole Santa story. And we kind of touched on this in a couple of segments ago, right? Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about, you know, telling your kids about Santa Claus. And, uh, you know, I guess Mark would probably like it if we gave a warning right now that if you have small children and you don't want to hear a very frank discussion about Santa, you should probably change the channel now, <laughs> right? Yes. So, um, so Julia, I want to ask you, um, you know, what do you think about the whole idea of telling kids about Santa Claus? And Santa Claus is sort of a figure that's very similar to the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of torn on the issue because... The tooth fairy, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I feel... I have a lot of friends who have kids, and, and they seem to really enjoy it. They seem to think that it's a lot of fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't really fault them for that. I remember Santa being a lot of fun. I don't think I was really too disappointed when I found out that he wasn't real. I, I You know, you still got the presents, which is really what it was all about. So mm-hmm. I don't think I was too disturbed to learn that it wasn't from Santa. I think that, like we discussed earlier, I think there's some harm in implying that, you know, if you're good, you will you can have whatever it is you ask for. Because um, there's so many other factors that come into play when it comes to obtaining things. And personally, I wouldn't celebrate Christmas with my kids because I don't like Christmas. I, I, um, so I wouldn't tell them about Santa because we wouldn't be celebrating Christmas. My kids would, if I had kids, which I personally don't really like children, which I blame on parents, but um, I have no desire to have kids anytime in the near future at all. Sure. And that could possibly extend to my entire life. We'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. People seem to get mad when you say that you don't want to have kids forever. So yeah. I'll leave it open. Well, you know, it's okay not to have children. I know. You know, some people just, they're very independent or they don't feel in a position to financially support children yeah. or, you know, maybe by the time that they, uh, they'd like to have children, they're, you know, maybe a little bit older, a little bit more settled in life. And so maybe they'd like to adopt or something like that. I actually read some adoption statistics the other day that made me pretty sad. And it was, really? I think that there are 107,000 kids in a, that need to be adopted. Mm-hmm. And, Every year, um, like 28,000 18-year-olds leave adoption centers with no family mm. at all. And I that's so heartbreaking yeah. to me. Yeah, wow. I wish more people wanted to adopt. Wow. So they're 18, and did, did it say anything about the, the average length of time that they've been there? It didn't. Mm. I actually, the reason I was reading this was because um, the place I work was voted like one of the top um, adoption mm-hmm like uh, adoption family, whatever, they provide a lot of benefits if you adopt. So mm-hmm. there, I was reading an article about it that like my work provided, like the news article, and those were the two statistics I saw, and I, I just thought it was kind of sad. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm of the opinion, if I decide to have kids, I would adopt childbirth, not something I'm interested in, and mm. my heart just goes out to those children who need homes. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and talking about racial issues, you know, um, I... I hear, at least in the U.S., that it's more common for, like, white babies to be adopted, you know, because some, you know, I guess that, you know, white people are majority in the U.S. and the parents want a child that looks like them, right? Oh, I think little black babies are so cute, though. I mean, babies are cute. (laughs) Like, little black babies are cute. Little Asian babies are cute. Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. They're they're all cute. I, I, mean, I would. Yeah. I th- I always used to say when I was younger that if I ever adopted, I would adopt an Asian, an Asian boy. So, mm-hmm. but I, that really has no relevance. We, well, the other thing though about this is that it it's so difficult to adopt children, especially in the U.S. because yes. the legal hurdles are very high. I mean, I I've heard that it costs. Um, Sometimes upwards of like twenty thousand dollars to go through all the adoption proceedings, and you have to have lawyers and stuff like that. And uh, as I understand it, that cost has increased over time. Yeah. So sad. Yeah, it is. I think I think that there are lots of children who need homes, and I understand that there has to be a vetting process, right? Like you wouldn't want to just give a child to any old parents because who yeah. knows who knows why they might want a kid, right? Like there yeah. could be malicious reasons or whatever. But I. I definitely think that there is a lot of extra cost in there yeah. that has to do with paying lawyers and things like that. Yeah, that seems unnecessary and yeah. sort of anti-productive as far as getting those kids' homes is concerned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and really, it's sad because who does it hurt? Well, yeah. The kids. Yeah. Well, to kind of go back to where we were talking about um, Santa and Christmas, I was right. saying that um, I wouldn't uh, celebrate Christmas and that I would have my kids you know, work for money and learn how to earn things. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with gift giving. I I give gifts throughout the year. But for me, a gift is more meaningful if, you know, I'm thinking of somebody, I see something that I know somebody would love, somebody's done something nice for me, and I feel like I would like to, you know, give them something for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't have a problem with gift giving, but I do have a problem with mandatory gift giving on one day just because it's what everyone does. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I see this in relationships, too. Like that when you said that, that just reminded me Anniversaries. of Anniversaries. Like, yeah, Valentine's Day. Right. It's like a lot of people complain. And especially in this culture, there is like a gender, a, a gender role, I guess, Maybe it would be or gender stereotype where, you know, the man is supposed to buy a woman something on Valentine's Day, like usually flowers or candy. Yeah. And most of the time they don't want to do it. You know, they they're like, oh, I have to get my girlfriend something for Valentine's Day or else she'll get mad at me. And it's like, wow, if you think that somebody will get mad at you if you don't give them a certain gift on a certain day. It just doesn't really seem like a no. like an ideal situation, right, to be in a relationship like that where you're expected to do those kind of things. I mean, I, I always, in my experience, I've always had the the nicest um, loving relationships with people who, who will just get me gifts for the heck of it. Cause right. Because they, they see something that reminds them of me or whatever. Right. You know, so I like that. And, and about the whole Santa thing... Um, I don't think that it is necessary to tell your kids stories in order for them to fit in or to feel happy. Yeah. You know, you I can agree. You can certainly give things to your kids out of joy just for the sh- the sheer joy of giving. So Free Talk Live, we got more coming up 855-450 free. It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is a show, of course, where you can call in about anything that's on your mind at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. And I want to let you know that uh, this season you should consider the greatest gift you can give to your family and friends, peace of mind. 
Uh, destabilizing events are happening around the world, unemployment, inflation, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. You should get prepared and protect your family. So don't delay. Go to wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff, and they are packaged very tightly for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches, and they carry a 25-year shelf life. That's pretty uh, pretty solid, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they've been tested by sitting for 25 years. I always wonder how they get those numbers. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe they've been in business for a while, and they, they know that their stuff yes. lasts. <laughs> um, but I believe you can even actually get a free sample of their food if you want. You can call 855, excuse me, 855 FoodWise and use promo code FTL and get a free sample, uh, free shipping, and 10% off any order. And that's, of course, at wisefoodstorage.com or call 855 FoodWise today. So get peace of mind and give the greatest gift you can give to the ones you love. <laughs> so, um, you know, Julia, it is uh, it is the live Christmas Day edition of Free Talk Live, of course, and uh, you're always free to call and bring up whatever's on your mind. But you actually had a story that is not specifically Christmas related, right? No, it's actually quite disturbing. It is very disturbing, no matter what day of the year it is. Yes. And uh, I, I thought it was important to uh, to read. So why don't you go ahead and launch into sure. that? It's called um, We Killed Your Daughter. You're under arrest. And <sighs> it's um, this one's from LouRockwell.com. I know. I oh, know. Wow. Um, kill- and it's by uh, it's by William Norman Grigg, right? That's correct. I I am a huge fan of his writing. He's very um, he's a very uh, very good writer. Writes with a lot of detail, a lot of uh, emotion. Yeah, and, uh, that's to- why I chose the, his version of it. Yeah, I figured it would be good. So Daniel Hiller ran out of gas during an evening motorcycle ride in Oildale, California, on December sixteenth. While walking his bike to get to the gas station, the 20-year-old father of two ran into a family friend named Crystal Jolie. The pair was crossing a street at a widely recognized intersection when they were fatally blindsided by a vehicle traveling at a speed well in excess of the posted speed limit. Despite the fact that darkness had descended, the driver hadn't turned on his headlights. The victims were killed instantly. That's it. I mean... Oh, you would have to be going wow. pretty fast, I think, to be killed instantly by being hit by a car. Like those are speeds that, yeah, are... and uh, and driving without lights on. I mean, many cars today have automatically running lights, like even yeah. during the daytime, so you never really have to worry about at least having headlights on. Yeah. Um. But wow, for how someone, how do you not notice? Ha- yeah. How do you not notice? Or maybe they turned them off on purpose for some reason. Um. I've heard these these stories. I wonder if they're urban myths, but yeah. like people who drive with like night vision goggles because they want to speed really fast or they're, they're running drugs or something like that and they drive with their lights off. I don't know if it's true, but yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I kind of, I really wonder why this car was, was going with its lights off. Within minutes, police swarmed the scene and arrests were made, none of which involved the driver, Deputy John Swearingen of the Kern County Sheriff's Office. Four, the four people arrested were relatives of the victims who got into what the sheriff's office described as an altercation with California Highway Patrol officers when they attempted to identify the victims. I was at home on a Friday night working on my car when someone came running over and told me that a deputy ran over my daughter in the street, recalls 
Jimmy Clevenger, Jolie's father. I ran down there. I was very upset. The next thing I know, they had me by the neck and threw me to the ground and said I resisted arrest. Oh, my, my daughter goodness. was dead in the street, and Ugh. it was their fault. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. You know, it's Sometimes really there's just there's just no words that you can really say to describe how awful that is. Yeah. How much like a bad dream. I wish this was fiction. How do you sleep at night? It's not. That's what I want to know. Yeah. How do you sleep at night? The outraged relatives were taken to jail and faced criminal charges. Swearingen, the killer, was taken to the hospital and wasn't compelled to undergo drug or alcohol screening. Now, what's interesting about that is that I think that a citizen would absolutely have to go undergo drug or alcohol screening if they ran someone over. Absolutely. And they'd probably be charged right away with a bunch of felonies and stuff. Yeah. At least involuntary manslaughter or or maybe reckless driving, right? Yeah. Yeah. The posted local speed limit... For mundanes, of course, is 45 miles an hour. According to several on-scene accounts from horrified witnesses, Swearingen blew through the intersection at speeds of 75 to 90 miles an hour. Despite the fact that he was obviously in a hurry, Swearingen didn't activate his siren or running lights, or, according to at least one eyewitness, his headlights. Sheriff Donnie Youngblood told the Bakersfield Californian that the deputy was responding to a report of a stolen vehicle with a suspect still at the scene, still at the scene when he struck his victim. That would mean that he was not involved in a high-speed pursuit. Furthermore, at some skept- as some skeptical witnesses point out, the main office of the sheriff's department is about a mile or two west of the intersection where Swearingen killed. Hiller and Jolie, and he was headed in that direction at the time of the incident. This suggests that the deputy wasn't motivated by an urgent call from an isolated and overmatched comrade, but rather engaging in a favorite pastime of uniformed adolescence, kicking ass and driving fast. Wow. Some residents of Oildale, a suburb of Bakersfield, described the Kern County Sheriff's deputies as notorious for their habit of speeding through the town's narrow streets, Oh, I bet because you you can <laughs> you can be pretty sure that cops never really pull each other over for they speeding. Definitely, you know, it's funny. Last night we actually had a woman call and she said that her husband was a cop mm-hmm. and that um, they're held to higher standards and that I if heard we that had call, yeah. if we had gone to the Utah uh, Department of Corrections website that we could see how many cops were in prison versus regular people, which I highly doubt that information is on the website but yeah um yeah apparently the cops are better in utah than they are in in bakersfield california well you know i'm sure there are individual variations from place to place but really their incentives are all the same right you know they they kind of watch each other's backs they look out for each other there's the the concept of the thin blue line right or the brotherhood of the police and they're really kind of Watching out for each other. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be a very common theme that when police do certain actions, you know, violent um, crimes or or even neglect and they hurt people, they are really not given the same amount of charges as yeah. uh, as mundanes, as Will Grigg would put it. That's his word for like non-cops, right? Yes. <laughs> and And I mean, that's evident because... You know, there are lots of stories about that that we've read on Free Talk Live over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. hundreds, as, as I can recall, you know. So I don't know. I'm sure when cops do get charged with uh, with strict penalties or at least with the same that the mundanes would get charged with, so-called, I'm sure that happens. Um, but there are enough cases where they are really let off very lightly 
that I think it's it's not just, you know, a few cases here and there. It's definitely no, a trend. Definitely. Um, it <clears throat> says here they have no consideration for the other public. This is a distant relative of Jolie. Her assessment is seconded by Foster Faulkner, an 11-year resident of Oildale who claims to know and be on good terms with most of the department. They're great people, he says, even though he criticizes the department's habit of putting the public at risk by recklessly driving. I've seen sparks fly from the car's undercarriage when they hit a dip. Under Section 192 of California state law, the deaths of Hitler and Jolie resulted from an act of vehicular homicide, one involving gross negligence and therefore a felony. No charges have been filed against Swearingen and their deputy faces only an administrative inquiry rather than a criminal investigation. Oh, my. And since he didn't have the... uh, um, They didn't test whether he was intoxicated at the time, right? So that evidence is lost forever. The outcome of the administrative procedure isn't exactly shrouded in ministry and in mystery... What gets me is that we already know the outcome, says one of her friends. The officer will go on paid suspension, then they will say he didn't do anything wrong, and that will be the end of it. Wow. And sadly, that is probably true. Yes. This is Free Talk Live. We've got more coming up for you. Call us 855-450-FREE if you want to weigh in with your thoughts. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you. And Julia. And we are so glad to be here tonight. Um, Julia, I just want to thank you once again for coming in with me tonight. This was a fun way to spend a Sunday evening. Oh, yes. What a lovely Sunday evening. Indeed. And uh, we'll have to do it again for sure. Now, uh, there is still a little bit of time to get your calls in if you do it quickly at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE here at Free Talk Live. And, uh, you know... There's one last thing that I want to discuss tonight that it's not really Christmas related news, but I think it's still important anyway. uh, Some people have been kind of posting about this online and calling it a Christmas gift from Anonymous, (laughs) which uh, (laughs) I think is kind of interesting. They're an interesting group. They they are. Yeah, they are an interesting group. Um, They're very anonymous for, I guess, those who don't know, is um, a very famous uh, group of hackers, I guess you could say, and they they target certain websites and try to get them to, I guess, change their behavior. Now, yeah. now I kind of have my issues with uh, basically shaming people into good behavior. Yeah, um, I don't really think it works. It's sort of the same thing that the state does, you know, to try to put people in jail. But I don't know. I could see how it could kind of be effective. Well, they don't. I mean, a lot of the organizations that they tend to target are government agencies, and sure, it, it seems kind of like an aggressive move. 
Um, uh, yeah, it do, it feels a little bit but, aggressive to but me too. Wasn't there one time when they exposed um, like police officers that had had used narks? You know what I mean? I think it like police officers who had used narks basically, and they had saved these lists of all these people who had ratted other people out for crimes mm. that they said would never be on the books. And they like would expose these lists oh. and these police officers. Oh and yeah, I think I do recall this now. You know, well, it's not something I would do, and it is it is kind of aggressive and not really my style. It's kind of amusing some of the things that they've exposed. Yes, I. I think I pretty much completely agree with you there that it's it I wouldn't say it's my style either but I am I am I am prone to laugh at it sometimes yeah. cuz it can be pretty funny. Like the cops officers um at the addresses of the cops who had d- done bad things or something in the Yeah, I know that they published um a series of emails. They got yes. into some police department and they published all these emails right. and a, a number of them contained things that were you know, not very nice that showed their perhaps racial biases. Yes. I think it was, I want to say it was like the Phoenix Police Department or something like that. And that's the kind of thing that I don't feel bad if that information is exposed. Yeah. And that's not really hurting anyone, right? And you could even argue that the cops are, you know, had this unfair bias to begin with. And so, you know, maybe that should be information that the public needs to know because they are subject to these police and they can't really, unless they leave that jurisdiction, but of course they're just going to be subject to another police department if they do that. You know, unless they leave that jurisdiction, they can't really opt out of the police's so-called protection, right? So that's one of the problems with having a, a monopoly on these things. These provisions yes. of security, <laughs> as we all know so well, that creates a lot of unintended consequences. So uh, this is from USA Today, and the headline is Hackers Target U.S. Security Think Tank. Hackers on Sunday claimed to have stolen a raft of emails and credit card data from U.S.-based security think tank Stratfor, promising it was just the start of a week-long Christmas-inspired assault on a long list of targets. One alleged hacker said the goal was to use the credit card data, excuse me, the credit data, to steal a million dollars and give it away as Christmas donations, and images posted online claimed to show the receipts. Members of the loose-knit hacking movement called Anonymous, posted a link on Twitter to what they said was Stratfor's tightly guarded confidential client list. Among those on the list, the U.S. Army, the U.S. Air Force, and the Miami Police Department. So this is some kind of a so-called security uh, consulting firm or think tank. Uh, That's what they call it in this article. And they're providing advice on how to essentially tyrannize people, I guess you could say, (laughs) to the U.S. Army and the uh, and some police department, large police departments. Uh, the rest of the list, which Anonymous said was a small slice of its 200 gigabytes worth of plunder, included banks, law enforcement agencies, defense contractors, and technology firms such as Apple and Microsoft. So, wow. Um, I guess they're not just providing government ag- agencies with support. Now, um, there are a lot of people who don't like these sort of mainstream. Um, computer companies operating systems such as Apple and Microsoft, Microsoft, especially I think that it stems from their support for, you know, intellectual property um, and they their tendency to kind of like sue groups of their customers. Right. Apple has done this in Europe at the U.S. and, and the U.S. and Microsoft has certainly done this a lot, uh, probably even more than Apple. I have had a recent uh, terrible experience with Microsoft and oh. I hate 
them. Uh oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, but there's very few alternatives. I mean, I know, you can and use that's Linux. the thing. I really don't like Apple. Yeah. Linux is, you know, it's okay, but to be honest, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Like I know, I know, I'm going to get emails that say, "Oh, Linux is so easy to use." I actually have it on my netbook that I'm using right now. Oh, cool. But it's really not that easy to use. You have to, you know, you have to figure out how to get certain uh, plugins and things like that. And, and it's just not something I want to do. Sure. And like right now I'm taking online classes and the program that I have to have to use is only on Windows. So I have to mm. I have to have Windows. Yeah. So I or I've always used pirated versions of Windows 7. Uh huh. And my grandma gave me money to buy a new computer mm-hmm. for school. So did it come with one of the Windows 7 versions no. that you had to upgrade? You had to pay I, um, to upgrade. No, nope. I built the computer uh-huh. and I put my pirated oh, version cool. of uh I put my pirated versions of Windows 7 on it. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends for some reason convinced me, well, you know, your grandma gave you this money, so you should buy Windows 7 cuz w- when you have the pirated versions, you have to have like sometimes they'll catch you and and I I have like a little code that I can put in to fake it out. But <laughs> But right. it's annoying when they catch you, you have to do that. So my friend yep. convinced me, just get legit, like your grandma paid for it, so whatever. So for some reason, I listened to them. And the first thing that made me <laughs> mad was that it's one computer. Now, I have seven computers in my house. Wow. So you're telling me that if I want Windows 7 on seven computers, it's going to cost me $1,400? That wow. is unreasonable. Oh, yeah. Unreasonable. Yeah. So... Then I had the pirated version on my computer and it said, you know, you're not genuine. You're not genuine. So click here to get genuine. So I click here and it's not as simple as getting a like just getting paying for the code. Right. right. It makes me reinstall the entire operating system. And it, the website was so hard to navigate. And I'm yeah, a computer person. Notorious like, for that. I am computer literate. I'm you know, I'm not a dummy. I can I know. I don't usually have problems with this, but the site was like really hard to navigate. It was really hard to figure out that I had to do. I basically had to Google like I can't figure out how to put this <laughs> hard to Windows do that Seven. With no operating system, huh? Well, I had the old one on that I was trying to replace, yeah. so I had to reinstall the entire operating system again. It wasn't as simple as just having the code, and it just took forever. The customer service was awful. I was so mad. I wrote a very angry letter. Wow. Yeah, Not that I, anything will get done about it, but I just wanted somebody to read it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so frustrating, and you're not the first person who's related. There was more like to that. that story. There was like a lot more details, but I don't remember it. Yeah. But I just remember it being like hours long, a very frustrating experience. And I can tell you right now, I will never pay for Windows again. I will go back mm. to using my pirated version. <laughs> and or I hope f- that Google comes out with an operating system soon that mm. will put them out of business because I just can't stand them. <laughs> I know Google is working on that now. Yes. And of course, there is the um, the Android operating system. It's not really for for PCs right now. It's more for like tablets and yeah. smartphones and stuff like that. And uh, in my experience, it's very stable and works very well. Yes. So I like that. And I hope that when Google does come out with their operating system, it's similar to the Android, you know, yes. I'm sure it will be because yeah. Android is Google. So um, anyway, so back to this article about the hackers, you know, hacking this security consultant firm. Um a public affairs officer for the Air Force said that for obvious reasons, the Air Force, quote, for obvious reasons, the Air Force doesn't discuss specific vulnerabilities, threats or responses to them. So basically, no comment, as usual. Yeah. They, they never really comment on anything like this. Uh, a spokesman for the Miami Police Department said 
He could not confirm that the agency was a client of Stratfor, and he said he had not received any information about any security breach involving the police department. So, uh, no comment, deny, deny, yeah. and and I can't confirm that they're even a client of us. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't speak very highly for you when you're not willing to talk about an issue. Like whatever, it's obvious that you're hiding something. Yeah, you know they make it so obvious whenever they say that. Well, it it really shows how just how unaccountable they are. Yeah, because they don't have to provide any comment, and typically they don't. Yeah, must be nice. Yeah, indeed. This has been Free Talk Live with Stephanie and Julia. And we thank you so much for joining us this evening. Freetalklive.com is the website where you can find all the old archives and more in the meantime. And have a great rest of your Christmas evening. 